Praise the Lord. I hope that you're feeling there at home what we're sensing right here, and that is that the presence of the Lord has filled this place. God has been, uh, heaven has been moved because of the praises of his people, and God dwells in this sanctuary, and my prayer is that in your home you're feeling the same thing right now. Praise the Lord forevermore. Praise the Lord forevermore. God is so gracious to us to be able to gather today on this Sunday to worship the Lord in this place. And I know we're facing obstacles and so many hindrances, but you know what? The devil shut down buildings, but he didn't shut down the church. You know, this uh, virus shut down buildings and caused us to be so separated. But if at any time uh, the, the church has been stronger, has been during this time, and we're grateful to the Lord for that. One of the things that keeps resonating in my mind has been the prophetic word that God spoke over this church at the end of last year when he uh, focused us toward that direction that the best is yet to come, that we have a promising future in him. And, you know, we had no idea of this coronavirus and uh, all of the uh, impediments uh, that have surfaced. Yes, we have to do them because we have to try and keep our people healthy and well, and we, we really have to work together uh, to kind of stop the, the spreading of this disease. Uh, but we never anticipated anything so, so dramatic and so huge confronting us. But I'm here to tell you that God is still sitting on his throne, and the church is moving forward like never before, and we're excited about serving a mighty God in the middle of this darkened period. And we know that the moment will come when we will gather once again and worship in this place. We know that the moment is coming when we don't have to worry anymore about the distancing we have to have with one another to the degree that we're doing it right now, but rather we'll be able to move forward in doing what God has told us to do. Now, with that in mind about the prophetic word over this church before us, I actually want to preach a sermon today to help us to strengthen our faith. And let me just, before I start the sermon, kind of like set the stage. We have been really confined to home uh, for weeks already. And the latest information is that here in New York City, at least, it's going to continue at least till the middle of May uh, in the situation that we are right now. We are deprived of social interactions. You know, if you're like me, you miss your family. You see them in Zoom and you see them on FaceTime, and maybe you wave at them when you see them in a distance, but you're not able to really love on your family the way you want to. And we've had to make those changes. And we're, we're living in a time where, you know, we have to, right now we don't have masks on. We're complying with everything that the government is telling us. They're, the only people that are here are those that are participating in the broadcasting of the service. We all have masks. We all have gloves. You know, we're, we're adhering to the rules. Uh, but what happens is after a while when all of this confinement happens and you're not able to enjoy the freedoms that you were used to before, uh, very easily uh, doubt can start setting in and depression and, and all of these other emotions. You seem less motivated to move forward. And even you get, might get a sense, particularly when you see the passing of loved ones or loved ones that have gone into the hospital, and thank God many of them have come out uh, okay, and even in your own body, you're feeling sickness. It's very, very, very uh, understandable that you start having these crises of faith. 
where your faith may not be as strong as it was and you seem to be questioning more than what we should. And I want to talk to you today for a few moments on the subject of a faith to move forward. Can you and I have that faith? And faith is that belief in something that doesn't exist yet, but you're acting as if it does, does exist. We have promises of the Lord and we're moving forward toward them, but we haven't been able to get them yet. Can we have and maintain a faith that will drive us to move forward? I submit to you the answer to that question is, in my opinion, yes, we can. But we have to nurture that faith. We have to strengthen and feed that side of our spiritual walk with the Lord. And that's what I want to focus on today. That we might be able to identify that we need to have a stronger faith. And that that faith can propel us to move forward to embrace the promises of the Lord. That that faith can move us forward to what the Lord has said is already ours, even though we may not see it, as we were singing before. That we may move forward. And I want to use uh, from the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews is a powerful book. It's an epistle that was written. Actually, the actual author is totally unknown. We can't say 100% sure who it is. It seems to be Paul. I align to that because of the way the presentations of the, the theological and religious arguments are made and the, 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 the grammatical structures and all of that. It seems to allude to him. But certainly we believe that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit for us. And the book of Hebrews was written to a group of uh, Hebrew Jewish believers who came to accept the way as now or the promised Messiah had come they accepted that they accepted now this new belief system called the way and they were following that but what happens after a while you end up mixing the past with the present after a while difficulties and challenge come uh, your way as it did back then and you might get distracted and you, you might get uh, deflated with regard to moving forward and so the Holy Spirit inspires here the author to write to these precious believers who were of Jewish descent and to be able to use language and imagery and narrative that they were familiar with. In other words, to contextualize the presentation so that they might be able to understand it from their worldview, but yet having the courage and faith, is the word, to step forward in their belief. They had promises that needed to be fulfilled. Because God had made those promises, yet they needed to have that strength to move forward. So I'm using Hebrews chapter 11, which is really the gallery of faith. If you ever feel that your faith is being challenged, take a few moments and read through chapter 11. And in there you will find little vignettes of stories in scripture that will build your faith. And I want to focus in on chapter 11, verse 7, which is the narrative, a brief narrative of Noah and faith and the interaction of Noah with that faith. And then I'm going to jump to the writings of that story found in Genesis chapter 6. But let me open up by, by reading Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, when Abraham... Uh, I'm sorry. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. You may want to underline that in holy fear. You could move forward even though you're fearful. You can move forward even though there's some trepidation or hesitation on your forward. As long as God is the one that's 
urging you forward, you can move forward even with fear. I'm not going to preach that one. That just screams at us from this text. But it says he, was, he had holy fear to build an ark to save his family. By his faith, Noah, he condemned the world and became heir to the righteousness that comes by faith. And so we find here in this passage the opening story of Noah confronting uh, being surrounded by all that sinfulness. God upset at the stench of sin rising up to him. And now Noah is called of the Lord to do what is seemingly impossible. Something he had not ever done before. And that was to build an ark not near the water but far from the water. And he had no prior training to any of that. But yet he moved forward because he had faith and he, and he was obedient to God. Church, all you and I need is to have faith in the Lord to, you, to, to move forward. And we'll see that in a few moments as I break down these learnings for us today. So he was confronted with all of this. God was going to come down heavy, his judgment against the people of that time, and the only rescue for Noah and his family and the animals that God had created was to Noah to go forth and build an ark for a promised rain in an area that had never had drenching rains like that before. I mean, it's interesting, all these impossibilities. Yet when, if you really have faith in God, you don't focus on impossibilities. You focus on the incredible possibilities in Him. Oftentimes, we take away from the picture that God is drawing because we say the word that we don't have to be saying when God is calling us, and that is, I can't. When we say, I can't, what we're doing is chipping away on the plan of God over our lives. We need to just say, I, I may not be able to realize how I'm going to do this, but I'm trusting the Lord that what we need will come to fruition, will come to reality. So we find in this, word, in, in this verse the first observation I want to bring to you of the four. I'm going to bring just four teachings here. The first one is that he had faith even though he could not see what was promised. So faith, even if you're blind to the future. The text is very clear. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. He knew what was being said about what was going to be happening, but he could not see it yet. And yet, he still had faith. And you and I might not know how it's going to turn out for our families, but we need to have faith. Right now, you may not see your loved one healed, but we need to have faith and trust in God. Oh, soon we'll be sharing with you testimonies of, of people that uh, the doctors had given them bad information, horrible information. They were not going to make it. And all of a sudden, contrary to what science was saying, uh, uh, no one could see healing on the other side of the prediction by the, by the medical community. And here we have testimonies already in this church, in this house, of people that have been healed and restored completely. In my mind right now, I have the, the faces and names of a few of them, of how God, science had said no. Even they themselves didn't know whether they were going to make it through another night, but God showed, showed up. Even if you can't see the future, let your faith be strong in God. Even if you can't see it, even if, if you can't see that promotion, even if you can't see that healing, that provision, you don't need to see it. As long as God says it, you can move forward toward the promises of the Lord. I tell you, in this church, in this ministry, if we would have stopped every time we couldn't see the picture that God was painting, we wouldn't be here right now. 
You look at the legacy and history of this church. Years ago when we had the calamity with the construction going on here and the major construction accident, everyone, every professional, lawyers, insurance people, city officials were telling us, you might as well pack it up because there is no future for this ministry here. But we had a few people that decided to believe God. In fact, we had a few crazy people that decided to believe God and put all of their trust in him. And here we have what we have today, not because of what the professional said, but because a few people decided the ridiculous thing to believe God and take him at his word. So I want to tell you today, just because you don't see it for tomorrow doesn't mean that tomorrow is not promising for you. Faith moves forward, even though we don't have all the details. Don't wait for all the ducks to be lined up. Don't wait for everything to fall into place for them, for them to move, so that then you can move forward. Faith is total trust in God, that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that tomorrow I may not be able to paint that picture, but God is already painting it for me. All I need to do is trust him as he ushers me there. Convince yourself today, church. Convince yourself that God has your best interest in mind. I want to confess to you my own personal journey. I never wake up in the morning saying God is out to get me. God is out to punish me. No, the Bible says that the chastisement of our sin was, be, was, was, was thrown upon Jesus on the cross of Calvary. I could not live life thinking that God is out to get me. Is it possible for you and I to get away from God? Can we hide from God? The psalmist says, where can I hide? Nowhere. And we need to convince ourselves that God has your best interest in mind, my best interest in mind, that he wants to bless you that he wants to bless me. And you might say, well, pastor, why is not that happening? You may not be in the place where the blessing is landing because of our own decisions and disobedience before the Lord. But convince yourself that God has your best interest in mind. And then work hard toward developing your capacity to be able to get to that blessed place that God has prepared. And God will take care of the rest. He really will. So faith, even if you are blind to the future. The second observation I see, and this is directly from Genesis 6, chapter 6, verse 3, and that is that a faith, even when you're faced with limitations. Look at this. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is, he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. The limitation of life, the limitation of days. And oftentimes, church, we limit our, our, our potential. We limit walking into the purposes and plans of God because we not only identify, but we place limitations around us. We say, I cannot do it. I don't have the skills. I'm not able to achieve. I'm not able to do. People don't listen. It's the 80-20 rule. Listen, we don't live by the 80-20 rule. We live by the rule of conduct and faith, which is the word of the Lord, the word of God, the Bible. And oftentimes we subscribe and align ourselves to what is being said around us because people tell us that we can't. Don't let anyone put a ceiling over your potential. Break that ceiling and move forward. Trust the Lord. If the Lord has called you, if the Lord has placed a, a potential inside of you and has painted a future for tomorrow, don't put limitations. Face the limitations and blast through them. Because of man's sinful inclination, God needed to put limits. God needed to put limits, but he moved forward. So some limitations are, are okay in getting us to purpose, but that doesn't mean that your dream needs to stop. That your look to the future, hope for the future needs to stop. A great example is uh, Nelson Mandela never believed that he was in prison. He was in prison physically, but his potential was not in prison. 
His vision for the future was not in prison. His view of a new life, his his view of apartheid being destroyed was never out of his purview, and yet he was in a physical jail. And we need to raise our horizons. We need to look forward at the potential and stop putting limitations around us. Can't should not be part of our vocabulary, especially if the Lord has said so. And don't let the scene around us stop us from moving forward, but rather trust the word of the Lord. Faith, even if you are blind to the future. Faith, even when faced with limitations. Look at my third observation, also from Genesis 6, verses 5 and 6. Look at what it says. It says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of man, of his heart, was only evil all the time. Talk That's amazing. That's more sin than you and I have ever seen. All mankind was thinking about, and the only inclination they had was toward evil. You think we see evil today? It was horrible during that time. Let me continue the reading of verse 6. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on earth. That's a sad verse. That's a verse that we find that God grieved. God regretted creating man. That's amazing. And his heart was filled with pain. In the middle of all of that sinfulness, faith still rose to the surface. That's my third point. Faith, though you're surrounded by evil. Don't wait or don't expect goodness to be surrounding you all the time so that then you could move forward on what God is telling you. No. Have faith and trust in God to move forward even though there's wickedness filling the earth. Even though every inclination is toward doing harm to others. Even though people today might not be considering the other, the image of God in the least of these. And making decisions that is obliterating the potential for their future. We're surrounded by evil. We're surrounded by evil inclinations even till this day. And, and, and we sometimes think that this coronavirus is the worst thing that could happen. I, I want to submit for your careful consideration. Oftentimes, it is the reaction of men and women in power and influence that make decisions that are far worse than the infection of this disease. That it will affect individuals. That it will stifle their future. That it will destroy their lives. We see people taking risks because they think it's the right thing to do without considering the potential effects on others. Church, that's why here in this house, we're going to yield to what the authorities are telling us. Listen, we miss you. I miss you. I miss the hugs. I want to be able to see you and and see your smile and hear your voice again. But I want you to be safe as well. And if we go and gather together in a way I think it's reckless to be able to call the congregation in when we still have not been able to harness the, the t- terrible influence of this, this virus, that would be wrong be t- before the eyes of God. But the day is coming when we'll be able to hug again. The day is coming when we'll be able to greet each other. The day is coming when it'll be a long service because we'll be greeting each other before and after. We won't want let, to let each, other's go, each other go. But church, we have to be careful. Or those surrounded by evil and decisions that don't consider someone else, we cannot let that hinder our faith. God is still in control. God was grieved. And I believe, church, some of the things that are going around here today is grieving the heart of God. Some of the behavior that we're seeing, we need to be able 
to move forward. Martin Luther King, he fought for injustice even though he was surrounded by racism. It, 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 it's, it doesn't make sense. He fought for injustice surrounded by racism. Can you serve even though everything is not in order? Can you serve even though people are talking about you? Can you serve even though there's unrelenting attacks from the enemy over you and your home? Can you serve? Even though we're surrounded by evil, God is not surrounded by evil. God is still in control, and we need to keep our faith in him all the time. So faith, even if you're blind to the future. Faith, even when you're faced with limitations. Faith, even though we're surrounded by evil. And let me close out with my fourth observation from this text. It says in verse 22 of, of the readings from Genesis, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. In the middle of the craziness of the world that, Joan, that Noah, I'm sorry, Noah lived, in the middle of the havoc that sin was overtaking the world, Noah decided, I'm going to obey. My fourth point is, we need to have faith to obey. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to obey the call of the Lord over this ministry, over this church, and over my life. No turning back. I'm not waiting for others to give me a signal on how to minister to this congregation and speak justice into this un unjust world. No, I'm going to obey the Lord. As you know, we're, 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 we're sending out three times a day. We're getting uh, pastoral reflections in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening because we want to minister to you. Others might be trying to figure out what does this mean from an eschatological perspective? What does this mean from a prophetic perspective? You know, we have time to discuss that at the appropriate moment. Right now, pulpits should be speaking hope and faith into the lives of people. And even if they don't, this pulpit is. We want to speak to you, not about the judgment of God, not about the hand and the wrath of God falling on mankind, not trying to find out who is to blame for this disease, but rather to let you know that God loves you, that there is hope in your life, there is a promising future in you, that we can have faith in God because God has not lost control, that we can know that this didn't happen out of the purview of God, that there is an end to this calamity, and God knows when that moment is going to come, and that you and I as a church will rise up victorious in the middle of this sinfulness that is surrounding us. You have to come to a place in your journey where you decide you're going to obey the Lord. Build your faith exactly on how God is telling you in your life. Obedience ends in a rainbow of colors. As we park ourselves being obedient to, to the Lord, our journey will end. The rainbow will take us to that end of our journey. Light is at the end of the tunnel as we're obedient. The best is yet to come as we're obedient. He did not bring us this far to leave us. Because of obedience, we need to keep plowing forward and moving forward. That's what we need to do. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters. This is the day to have stronger faith, not weaker faith. This is the day to encourage and stir the faith in others, not to detract from them. Whether you're home right now with your loved one, I'm going to pray that your faith will be built up. If you're in the hospital, like Daisy, I know you told me you were going to listen today, and others... I pray that today God would strengthen your faith. If you just finish losing a loved one, 
and your heart is wrenching inside because you were not able to be there and you were not able to do what you would normally do as a family. And there's, there's been a severe interruption to your family traditions and to our faith traditions. Don't let your faith be weakened. Strengthen your faith in God. Go before him. Let the power of the Holy Spirit just fill you and dwell inside of you. Let us pray. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, your son. And I realize, I realize, Lord, these are challenging times. We would have never thought that we would be navigating through this course, this journey. But Father, you're still God. You're still mighty. You're still in control. And we decide, dear Lord, to move forward because of that trust and love in you. We decide to move forward not looking at limitations, but knowing that you are a limitless God to bless us, to carry us. We press forward, Lord, even though evil is surrounding. We decide to obey. I pray, Lord, it's strength and encouragement to my brothers and sisters. I send the, the word of healing, Lord, to the homes and the hospitals right now that you would work a miracle. I pray, Lord, for that family member, Lord, that is grieving, filled with sorrow. Lord, let faith well up inside so that they may have trust in you once again. And I pray, Lord, to unite the church. Bring us together. Thank you for technology that allows us to do this now. But bring us together, Lord, to worship at your feet. And I pray for that person right, right now, Father, that is trying to make a commitment to know you. They wish that they could run right now to the altar and receive you as Lord and Savior. Let that happen, Lord, right there where they are. That you, dear Lord, will go through technology, reach their heart, transform them, make them a new creation, and that this can be a new beginning for them. Forgive their sins. Cleanse them of all unrighteousness. Let them live for you, Father, from this day forward. I thank you, Lord, as I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. God is so good. What a mighty God we serve. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'd like to invite you to stand.